0: What's going on, everyone? It's Chris Honorado, Honorado and Miller live every Thursday night on News Channel 13 social media at 6 30. And then the two chances to catch us on TV over the weekend, 6 o'clock, Saturday nights leading up to the Firewolves this week. We'll talk with the head coach, Glenn Clark, as Albany gets ready to host New York. That's a first place Firewolves team, by the way. Also, opening weekend for the Albany Patroons, we'll talk with head coach Derek Rowland. You can also find Honorado and Miller six o'clock Sunday mornings on news channel 13 we have some NFL news to talk about the franchise tags that didn't get used it's funny it's usually the players complaining because they did get tagged now it's guys who are like I can't believe they didn't tag me And part of me is saying, I can't believe they didn't get tagged. Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, Josh Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler. I mean, some top-tier running backs currently. But teams showing what they have shown here recently is that they're not prioritizing the running back position in a salary cap league. Even with the cap going up as dramatically as it did this offseason and just recently. Caitlin Clark on the verge of history, 18 points away from passing Pistol Pete uh, on the all time scoring mark. The offseason of Otani. And is LeBron James just getting better and better? Let's go. It's Honorado and Miller.
1: This is Honorado and Miller. Sponsored by House.
0: All right, here we go. We're going to start with the NFL. Again, our two guests on this week's show, Firewolves head coach Glenn Clark, Patroons head coach Derek Rowland. Um, home games for both of those franchises in Albany this weekend. Get out. And see them. I'll be on the sidelines for the Firewolves game against the New York Riptide. New York's struggling a little bit this year, but they do have the best player in the league in Jeff Teat. Firewolves are a first place team, eight and, eight and two. Let's let's get people to MVP Arena to check out the Pro LaCrosse team in town. You know what? Right off the bat, let's do this.
1: And now Dirty, difficult, and done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial.
0: All right, Bill Miller, Karen Miller, the great team at Performance Industrial, where there's never a job too dirty or too difficult for them to get it done. Boy, these are still difficult days to be a running back in the NFL. Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard to a degree, all guys who could have been franchise tagged. Teams may have said, you know what, we have other priorities to worry about in terms of chasing a free agent, maybe making a trade, let's tag you, maybe we work out a deal before the middle of July. That didn't even happen. You can tag, you can take the tag off, you can sign an extension, you can work out a new deal. And the Giants and Titans and Raiders and Chargers and Cowboys all said, you know what? Maybe we work out a new deal with you, but it's not going to be the end of our world if we don't. So I'm surprised to a degree that these incredibly productive players, and in some cases, very dynamic Teams are letting to will them, w- willing to let them walk. I'll get to one big reason why in a second. But then the other side of me says, I, I shouldn't shame on me if I'm surprised. Uh, Ashley says I'm a broken record with this stuff. But when someone has shown you to be who they are and how they generally act, and then they act that way, or show themselves again in that manner. Shame on the other side for being surprised. They're being true to their character. And NFL teams are being true to their character here. They're not going to spend 10 plus million dollars on a running back. Only the 49ers look justified with Christian McCaffrey in spending that money. I mean, you could run through a long, long list of productive rookie and second-year running backs or running backs on a rookie contract, right, who continue to produce at a high level. And the Chiefs right off the top, it's Isaiah Pacheco. The Chiefs have never in this run of three Super Bowl titles in five years, they've never shown, hey, we need to, to have... I don't want to use top-tier running back because everyone would love to have – we are not going to spend a lot of money on a running back. No matter how good they may be, we'll find the next guy. Heck, even the Chiefs have said, we're not going to spend a lot of money on wide receiver. They traded Tyreek Hill. And, oh, by the way, ju- they just cut Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who would have cost them $12 million. So, now, are they an anomaly because of Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? Yes. Yes, they are. But we should not act surprised that even guys like Saquon Barkley aren't being prioritized by an NFL team. Now he will end up somewhere, and that team will be thrilled to have him. I think it, I think it should be and ultimately will end up being the Texans. Teams with a quarterback on a rookie contract can afford to pay a running back. But a team like the Giants that just gave Daniel Jones $40 million a year. Can't necessarily afford to give Saquon Barkley $12 million a year. I know Barkley says he wants to be there. He would be wiser to find a better win now situation because his years are going to become very limited very quickly in today's NFL. I would love to see him on the Texans. I think that's a perfect fit. Houston has a cheap quarterback cheap wide receivers they can bring back Dalton Schultz they can give Saquon Barkley a contract they have cheap defensive players in a Will Anderson who who was very good they they can afford to do this and, and really try to make a run now remember a few weeks ago I gave you the Texans and the Rams as my Super Bowl sleepers not to play one another but if you wanted to lay a little bit down on a long shot Texans and Rams were my sleepers to make next year's Super Bowl. If Houston added Saquon Barkley, get Houston now, because those odds will become shorter and shorter. Speaking of the Rams, rookie running back Kyron Williams, how productive was he? Again, it's just teams continue to, we say devalue the running back position. That may not necessarily be 100% accurate. There's value. There's just a, a modicum of value. And teams believe I can get a guy in the third, fourth round who can be very productive for me for three, four years, and then I'm on to the next one. It's just where we are. Anyway, that's my Barkley prediction. Um, people love the idea of like a Derrick Henry in Dallas. Okay, we'll see. Again, it, it's some of it will come down to dollars and cents. Some of it will come down to how much does this player want to play for a contender? Um, The Giants are not a contender. The Titans are not a contender. The Raiders are not a contender. The Chargers can be a contender for sure. Addition of Harbaugh, elite quarterback, and Justin Herbert. But they can find other ways to supplement the offense with a running back and have it not be Austin Eckler. And the Cowboys potentially letting Tony Pollard completely walk. Here's that list. I mean, the names bowl you over. And it's fun that this does make it more fun to know they they they're all out there on the market when we hit free agency in the middle of March. That makes it that makes it more fun. Instead of guys being tagged and complaining and saying I'm not showing up to training camp. I'm not going to practice without a long term deal. This becomes more fun. Now, teams chasing free agents. I like that better. Here's a trade uh, you know, look, what team is going to trade for Zach Wilson? I don't know, but the Jets are giving Wilson's agent permission to seek a trade. And it's been projected by many NFL executives that it would net the Jets a late round pick. Okay. You know, is there a team out there that thinks Zach Wilson can be a starter no a rehabilitation project maybe we've seen the skill level he's an athlete he's got a huge arm just struggles to read defenses doesn't always make accurate throws can you rebuild that I don't know former number two overall pick but the second lowest total QBR in the entire NFL in the last three seasons Hard to imagine giving up even a seventh round pick for him at this point. And who's he backing up? Where, where, where do you feel good? Like, hey, we want him in our quarterback room as a backup. I don't know. It might be a humbling experience for him, which would be a good thing. But I, I just struggle to to find the value in, in trading for Zach Wilson. We'll see. We'll see. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, Mel Kuyper has his latest mock draft out on ESPN.com. <clears throat> and the first three picks are all quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Drake May. Daniels has surpassed May as the second overall pick. And some of that might have to do with skill and some of it might have to do with potential and some of it might just have to do with fit. Um, but I like Drake May. And I like Jane Dandy, Uh, to be honest with you, I think the guy I would rank third out of those get three is Caleb Williams. And I know you're telling me I'm crazy because he's so highly rated as a prospect and look at the numbers he put up at Oklahoma and USC. But I think for me, he's third. I, I, I see him struggling in the NFL. I really do. Some of it'll be circumstantial, right? Can Chicago build the right team around him? But I I think this was going to sound a little cowardly. I would like the position of having the second or third pick and then quote-unquote being forced into not having an opportunity to draft Caleb Williams. I would see that as a blessing in a way. And then say, you know what, we really like Daniels. We really like May. We'll take our chances with these guys. And I think those franchises will will work out okay. I really do. All right, let's take a quick time out here on honorado and Miller. When we come back, Caitlin Clark chasing that record in the NCAA scoring books. Back right after this.
1: I'm Jeff Fuglick. I'm owner of Bev's and we're a Beverage Center in Upstate New York. You're just going to have that wild component when you come in like, wow, look at this place. It's bright. It's clean. It has everything that I need. Consumer is king. Be able to provide them a friendly environment and a place to shop no matter where they are, whether they're down here in Saratoga or whether they're up in Queensbury, you're always going to get the same experience when you shop at Bevs. At the end of the day, if you walk into stores, you're going to see a lot of people that have a lot of pride.
0: Whether you're into lounging, cruising, or just relaxing. Summer fun starts with Alpenhaus. Enjoy a smooth ride that'll change the way you boat forever on a Barletta pontoon powered by Mercury Outboard. Nobody makes a more reliable, powerful
2: lineup of outboard motors than Mercury to continue propelling your adventures. Now's
3: the perfect time to buy a new Barletta pontoon with the legendary performance of a Mercury outboard. Alpenhaus, Route 30 Amsterdam, and alpenhouseboats.com.
1: And now, back to Honorado and Miller, sponsored by Alpin House. All
0: right, leave it to me to throw up a to- topic bar and then not even talk about it. I-, I get sidetracked with these quarterbacks and mock drafts. Anyway, y'all were probably looking at the graphic as I was rambling on and on about Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels, but here it is. Mel Kuyper, Giants at number six, taking Roma Dunze, the wide receiver from Washington. And the Jets at number 10, taking tight end Brock Bowers from Georgia. Uh, Love the pick for the Jets. Love the pick for the Jets. We have seen how elite, skilled tight ends can change an offense. Love the pick for the Jets. Um, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers has one, two, three years left in him, but he has shown the ability to uh, have a great connection with pass-catching tight ends. Uh, not that long ago, Robert Tunyon had double-digit tight end uh, touchdowns at the tight end position for the Green Bay Packers. So Rodgers, if healthy, Give them a guy like Brock Bowers, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall. This is a multifaceted offense for the Jets that can be really dynamic. Love the pick if if Bowers is there at 10 for the Jets. Now, I know. I know they need offensive line help. I get it. But I think they can find that on the market, and I think they can get that in later rounds. So let's wait and see on how – The offensive line draft falls here. The kid from Penn State or Notre Dame is there at 10. You take them, I yes, for sure. Tackle. Because Aaron Rodgers or not, need a left tackle for the Jets. Let's go back to six and the Giants, Roma Dunze. Okay. Okay, I don't really know where to start with the Giants, to be honest with you. So many people are not sold on Daniel Jones being the guy. Um this is a year removed from a playoff victory in Minnesota and having a career year, he gets rewarded with the contract and now we're not positive he's really the guy going forward. And I'm not saying he is or isn't. So a receiver, does does it feel like this is the difference between Daniel Jones getting back to the playoffs or again, having a top 10 pick, is a, is the difference a receiver? I don't know. That, that Giants pick is going to be really interesting. Now, I don't think they take a quarterback, not at six. But could they move back for picks and address a need and maybe even take a shot at a quarterback? Or are they drafting a quarterback in the second or third round? To compete with Daniel Jones. Maybe that's the play. Anyway, interesting from Kuiper there with his latest mock draft. All right. The story on Sunday is going to be Caitlin Clark. One o'clock game, number six Iowa, hosting number two Ohio State. And the phenom with the Hawkeyes is only 18 points away from passing Pistol Pete. Maravich on the NCAA all-time scoring list already has the women's record. You know, that certainly it's been well documented. Um, and now one more game to get 18 points. It's going to be fun. I, I, I plan to find it Get some stuff going on on Sunday, but I plan to find time to sit and watch this game. Not just the highlights. I, I, I like to witness history. I assume she'll get 18. But I think it would also be fun if Ohio State just kind of made its mission stop Caitlin Clark. Double team her even when she's off the ball. Deny, 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 and see what happens. You know, if, if you're just giving up uncontested layup after uncontested layup after uncontested layup, you can change your strategy. But I think it would be fun to see if the number two team in the country decides as a group not against us. So that's why I'm really, I want to see history. It will happen, but I'm more intrigued at how the Buckeyes will approach this thing. Is it, we want to win the game and that's what we're most focused on? We don't care how many points Caitlin Clark scores or is it, we're not letting her break the record against us? Love the little chess match that happens there. Um, Caitlin Clark also has 156 three-pointers made this season single season record in women's basketball. She has her detractors. and I think it's kind of interesting because she gets so much attention and it's a team that hasn't won a title and quite frankly is not going to win a title. South Carolina is too good. Ohio State might be too good. The top 10 teams in the women's side, I, there are a few there that that could win it all. And we can't dismiss the defending champs in, LSU. So I don't think they'll win a title and that will be the knock against her. I I presume, but I think there is anytime somebody gets too much attention, the general public wants to play the other side because you don't want to just simply love what's popular, but she's great. Forget popular. She is great for the game. Look at the attendance records that are being set look at the TV ratings, look at the ticket sales. If Iowa ends up in Albany, I know some friends who have tickets to the women's sweet 16 and elite eight. If Iowa ends up in Albany later on in March, they might have an interesting decision to make. Do we keep our tickets or not? I'd sell them (laughs) and watch at home. I'd be happy to sell them and watch at home. Caitlin Clark, is more valuable to that third-party ticket market than an undefeated south carolina team and it's not even close it's not even close clark is the draw so selfishly i hope iowa is put on the albany side of the bracket and plays here in the sweet 16. we know south carolina will be here we know uconn will be here but i really hope somehow iowa ends up here and teams like obviously UCLA, Stanford, they end up in the Oregon region. So I'm rooting for Iowa to be here. And I I can't wait to see what happens on Sunday. That's gonna be a lot of fun. All right, another timeout here on Honorado and Miller. When we come back, the head coach of the Albany Patroons is Derek Rowland. Their season gets going this weekend. The Albany Firewolves are home. It's Marvel night. Check them out at MVP Arena Saturday night. The head coach, Glenn Clark, joins us next.
2: At Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment
1: is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on. For cooking refrigeration cleaning and sanitation plus appliance repair you can have peace of mind that marcellus is here for you today and every day like we have been since 1957 helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like whirlpool maytag kitchenaid and many more shop Marcella's appliance center in store online or by phone we're here for you
0: the great thing about novices no matter who you are they're going to put all the detail in the world into your brand, I feel like they have been a big part of my success, making me feel comfortable. This is Harrison Butker, Super Bowl champion kicker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Claim your crown.
1: And now back to Honorado and Miller. Sponsored by Alpen House
0: back on honorado and miller and still the first place team in the nll the albany firewolves tied for first if you want to get into technicalities but we don't let facts ruin a good story here on this show anyway the head coach is glenn clark we call him clarky it's good to see you man how are you
2: i'm good chris i'm good good to see you
0: hey uh sweep a buffalo what does that do for a team's confidence
2: i think it's good for us i mean they've been i i saw a stat the other day too they this is the they're they're at five losses they haven't that's the most they've had since yeah. 2017 which is quite a run so i mean it just shows the dominance that they've had for the last you know six seven years um it's big i mean they're they're the measuring stick they're the champions uh and we're you know we're a young group and we've talked about this that is just finding our footing and, and learning the game and it was really good it was a physical game
0: um and and our guys responded well it's cliche but as I've said to other people like there's a reason cliches exist is because generally there's some truth to them um that if you're too young to kind of know any better it, it can work out in a way is that what's happening with your guys to a degree A
2: little bit, but I think it's also part of what we wanted to do. And I was just going through this with our ownership group. Like we've, we've got 12 first rounders in our lineup right now. And that was a, and they're all under 25, 26 years old. So that was a very conscious move. Like some of the trades we made, some of the the signings and all that. So, you know, we were very, very purposeful in getting useful talent and, and you don't win without talent. And so, part of it is sort of the, the the bliss, the ignorant bliss of youth. But it's also they're very skilled players, and um, it's looked great so far because we've we've certainly come through the tougher part of our schedule, uh, and and we're in pretty good shape right now.
0: New York is next, um, and this is a team that's right on the edge of that that playoff line. We've got a little ways to go here, obviously, but when you know a team is maybe in a little bit of a desperate spot or back up against the wall do you have your guard up to an extra level
2: I don't think ours ever goes down Mm. I mean it it, it, like I live in uncomfortable uh (laughs) shoes all season long so uh I don't think it ever changes whether we're playing Buffalo you know even you know in a week we've got Vancouver who record wise is down near the bottom but it's that the, the parity, I mean, people talk about this in leagues, but ours has it. I mean, yep. you you look at our our box scores any given weekend and it's like, how did that happen? Because it's just anybody can beat anybody. And um, so we, we still live in the same headspace. We're just we prepare, we do, you know, we go through our preparation for the week. We look at, you know, strengths, weaknesses, things we think we can uh, take advantage of and things we have to pay attention to. So. It'll be the same. I mean, they got the best player in the world and Jeff Teed, and he's a handful. He can beat you by himself. So Hmm. uh, we, uh, there'll be no, no looking past New York. That's for sure.
0: I would say you can't get out and play golf as a mode of relaxation, but truth be told, I was out and about a little bit on Saturday and I saw a guy playing golf. Now I wouldn't recommend it, but given the way the temperatures are going here, what, what do you do when you can't be on the golf course? to relax when cassie is just like would you just chill out what do you have
2: well, to do well there's these amazing things called golf simulators and <laughs> uh, i <laughs> i can get to one of those in fact i'm going to one thursday so i'll uh you know i'll do maybe hit a simulator every once in a while i i, I do love the gym so I, I go there every day just to kind of do my thing and uh play some hockey still play hockey yep. a couple times a week right. so, yeah, I got lots going on to fill my days that uh, kind of can alleviate some of the stress from uh, the other things that we get to do.
0: When we talk about this young group, um, for many people, Alex Simmons is the first name that comes out of their mouth. But Ty Kurtz, what he has been able to do, really converting, obviously, last week's six goals, um, which I-, I didn't know the term. I heard this from a Firewolves broadcaster, yeah. Dan Ball. It's not a hat trick, it's a what? a sock trick in lacrosse I yeah I I think
2: it's just some made up thing that somebody did years ago I mean it's been around for a while it's been around since I was playing so they call six goals a sock trick in lacrosse I don't I don't know the origin of it Um, it. but yeah it's been around it's been around since I was playing I never got one but uh, (laughs) uh,
0: so anyway what what does Kurtz do to open this thing up from an offensive person we knew he was skilled and talented all that stuff right but Mm -hmm. when now coaches and and defensive coordinators look at it and say whoa that guy had six last week key in on him I mean can you give us an idea of what that will do for this offense
2: well it's you know the more weapons you can put it up there the the better you are and and you know Ty is obviously a a high-end talent um but it's 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 nice from, you know, we did individual video sessions with Ty and we looked at different things and he's getting extra time and shooting. And when you see it sort of all, uh-huh. uh, you know, he's got 14 points in the last two games, nine goals, which is incredible output. So he works at his craft. He's a pro, uh, and you know, they're he's nine, he's 10 games into his pro career and he's just guys that are high end talent and they start figuring it out and it just Hey, this is what you get hopefully so score six every game all we
0: have keep going <laughs> uh saturday night at mvp arena it's albany and new york and it's marvel superhero night mm-hmm. uh you a batman guy superman guy who's your superhero choice well i gotta be careful because i gotta I, I don't know who all marvel is right me I, neither I, I, but so I, just, pick I, it's, uh, it's like, I, just pick one it's more fun if we just pick one i do like superman i'm not i think he's, he's got to be marvel right I would think so, yeah. The other is DC Comics, and I don't have a good grasp either. I'm a Batman guy, which yeah. many people say he's not even a superhero. What's his superpower? Technology? That's not a super... But I, I still appreciate the common man who becomes, like, the vigilante, I guess. I don't know. I, yeah, I
2: like Batman. I'm a Batman guy,
0: too. Yeah. All right. That's Marvel Superhero Night at MVP Arena uh, coming up on Saturday night. Dougie Jameson is obviously healthy. Um, mm-hmm. I heard... Simmons comments post game in Buffalo I believe he said oh no I'm yeah I think it was in Buffalo he said without Dougie Jameson we don't win this game um is that true
2: yeah I mean Dougie's arguably our best player um you know he's a top three in his position in the league I think everyone would admit that so um yeah he needs to do what he does and uh I don't know if it's that easy to simplify because they all played a role and, you know, Alex played a big role and Kurtz played a big role in the D guys, but Dougie needs to be good. I mean, you, you, the thing about great goaltenders and and you saw it in the Buffalo game where we had those two breakdowns late, they had basically those two or three breakaways um that Dougie stopped when it was a two goal, three goal swing. So that's what you need out of a guy like that. And yeah, he's been, um, you know, last year was a, was a tough year for everybody and, yep. and Dougie included had a, you know, struggling, but I think his struggles were part of our team struggles and, but he's certainly back to that form that had him as goaltender of the year and, and, and the guys, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's all like a warm blanket. There's comfort when, you know, Dougie's in the, in the back there and, and, and playing with excellence, which is what he's been doing. Um, and sport goals, Unreal, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty wild. When it leaves the stick, did you
0: figure this has a chance?
2: You know what? I wasn't even thinking of that because what I was looking at was I was looking at the clock and I think there was like about 12 or 13 seconds left. Yeah. yeah. And as he's releasing it down the floor, I'm like, okay, well, their game's over. Like they're not going to be able to pick it up. So I wasn't even really watching the ball. I just kind of saw him throw it and I'm looking at the clock and going, okay, by the time they like it, we're good. So I'm sort of turning around and I don't even know if I saw it go in because I was kind of saying to the coach, yeah, yeah. And then we look and I'm like, oh, all right, that's a bonus.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Um, I'll let you get out of here after this. We're not here to promote violence ever, certainly. Um, but if there's a guy I wouldn't mess with on your team because he seems like such a nice guy, and then the fists come out, it might be Colton Watkinson. I don't know that I want to mess with him. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, again, it's it's you know, the hockey and
2: lacrosse world are are very tied, you know, in terms of the acceptable yeah. level of enforcement in the game. Uh, you know, and I'm not about, you know, it's, it just, it happens. It's part right. of what I grew up with. It's part of what I've always been involved in. And so the fighting to me is natural. Like it just, it, I've been around it forever. Um, but I think, I think that was important because Buffalo is a team that likes to try to intimidate and, and, mm-hmm. and we don't have a big physical team. Like we don't play that way. Right. So I think it was important for our players um you know the 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 walkers and the simmons and the kurtz that you know guys were taking liberties on that colton as the captain stepped in and said you know what this isn't okay so you know there there's times when it's needed and there's times when it's the, the timing of it is good and i thought that was perfect timing by
0: colton and that's again that's coming after the colorado game which was also very physical yeah yeah, yeah
2: and, and i think that's part of it i think a lot of teams look at us especially on offense, because we're not very big. Um, We're we're young, we're skilled, we're fast, but we're not physically big. And I think that's the book is like, we're going to beat up on these guys and they'll go away, Mm. but they don't, which is a testament (laughs) to them because you see them after the game and it is blood and it is bruises and they are beat up and they just keep going. So I think they really appreciated what Colton was. The message he was sending for them was look enough of this. You guys, I'm going to help you out here. So and that's, you know, whether you like fighting or you don't like fighting, that that's the internal policing that I do like about our game yeah. is, you know, you, you you don't get to push the envelope too far until somebody pushes back,
0: and and that's exactly what happened. All right, coach, go get a man eight and two and tied for first with Toronto. Good luck this weekend.
1: Awesome, thanks, Chris. I'm Jeff Uklek. I'm owner of Bev's and we're a beverage center in upstate New York. You're just going to have that wow component when you come in, like, wow, look at this place, it's bright, it's clean. It has everything that I need. Consumer is king. Be able to provide them a friendly environment and a place to shop, no matter where they are, whether they're down here in Saratoga, or whether they're up in Queensbury, you're always going to get the same experience when you shop at Bev's. At the end of the day, if you walk in stores, you're going to see a lot of people that have a lot of pride. And now, back to Honorado & Miller, Sponsored by Alphen House.
0: All right, we'll keep the basketball conversation going here in a little bit. But uh, news from spring training. It is the offseason. Remember the uh, the summer of George on Seinfeld? This is the off season of Otani. Just recently revealed he got married in the offseason. All right. Not a bad winter, huh? $700 million contract. And now married pretty good married a woman did not reveal her name from his uh, native japan said he would uh, talk a little bit more about it uh later in the week so we'll see what that really means um you can imagine the japanese media in an absolute frenzy it led local television newscasts in japan the fact that shohei otani had gotten married he is clearly the biggest celebrity in Japan. If Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift gets married. Is that story leading nightly news with Lester Holt? No, it's not. Even if she marries Travis Kelsey, it's not the lead story, but Otani married lead story in Japan. Okay. So not a bad off season for Shohei, huh? Um, this is being discussed by the players association which i think is really interesting putting a deadline on major league baseball free agency and that's because we have seen big name free agents big money free agents sit around longer and longer and longer every offseason, every winter and look who's still on the market blake snell jordan montgomery matt chapman jd martinez we talked about these guys last week the one name you don't see that was included on this list last week is Cody Bellinger three years 80 million dollars back to the Cubs I don't hate the idea but I also don't like the idea of players maybe feeling forced into signing somewhere so how are you going to do this you set a deadline and then player X doesn't sign by said deadline and then player X what has to sit out the first two months of the season can't play at all that season uh, deadlines, Andrew Brantline, deadlines spur action. But sometimes it's not always the best or most appropriate action. And so what I don't want to see is the player get pushed into a corner by an undervalued deal offer that they're forced to sign just in order to get on the field. So th- there's something to this. I There's something to it. It's not perfectly laid out and the look the players association just doesn't like the fact that it sees some of the game stars sitting around waiting for what they would deem a legitimate offer or market value offer, respectable offer, whatever you want to say, Look, Cody Bellinger didn't get the contract he wanted because he didn't get the years he wanted, but he still get three years, $80 million. Come on. I, I think you're Cody Bellinger. You'd be happy with that. Yes, he had an MVP level type season last year. And yes, he is a former MVP, but he has not had a consistent career to suggest if we give this guy six years, we're going to get the same level of production that we got in 2023 from him for five of the six years. We don't, we just don't know. So I think Cody Bellinger ended up doing pretty well. Now, Blake Snell won the Cy Young. But Blake Snell has had many years where he, forget 200 innings pitched, 150 innings pitched. Uh, Montgomery is the s- most stable guy on this list. So the deadline thing is interesting. Interesting move by the Players Association. But I, I don't I don't love it. I don't know how to fix it. You can't fix it. What's happening here? Again, it's been going on for a while. This is the NFL in the running back position all over again. These are baseball teams saying we are putting a limit to the number of years we are going to give a player who is 30 years older or, or, or more. It's just where we are right now. But there are some swing guys on this list who, if they joined a certain team today, tomorrow, we look at them very, very differently differently. Here's the Bellinger deal we were talking about. Good on the Cubs to bring him back. Bellinger said he's excited to be back. He should be excited to be back. That makes sense. That makes some sense. All right, Derek Rowland still to come here on Honorado and Miller. This was the topic of the week though. And so I want to slide it in even though we are some days removed from it being at its peak of debate. And that is the issue of court storming but I'm going to throw rushing the field into it. it. We're talking court storming here because you saw Duke's Kyle Filipowski get injured when Duke lost on the road and he got bumped into, pushed, run over, whatever, collided with. Okay. Same thing happened with Caitlin Clark against Rutgers. Yes, we should ban court storming. Yes, we should ban rushing the field in college football. That's easy to say. It's far more difficult to do. Now, what I think is interesting, but maybe not surprising, is that you don't see this done at the professional level. When is the last time you saw fans storm the court at an NBA game? Or rush the field at an NFL game? And the arenas, stadiums are configured the same It's not like there are greater barriers at an NFL stadium. No, you still have to jump down from a certain level onto the field and then go running out onto it like an idiot. And basketball is the same, college and pro. You have easy access to the court. But it doesn't happen at the pro level. And alcohol is sold at the pro level. And there are plenty of idiots that go to pro games. So there is that. Nostalgia in college sports to a court storming or a rushing the field and jumping on the goalposts and all this stuff. But I think it's time to leave that nostalgia in the past because this has become very dangerous. And so and it has become very ubiquitous way too often. Do we see a court storming? You knock off the number one team in the country and you're a 20 point underdog in the past. Go for it. Now I think you just do away with it completely. How do you enforce it? I don't know. I don't know. You could levy fines against individuals, but when there are, you know, a thousand of them, how do you do that? You could levy penalties against that college or university, but why is that fair to put Some hired security guards to try to stop these fans, some ropes or something. So I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it, but it's it's time to find a way. And, of course, the NCAA will, will never find a way. It's just not in their blood to find solutions to problems. That's for sure. All right, the head coach of the Albany Patroons next here on Honorado and Miller. I still need to get into what LeBron James is doing uh, in his 21st NBA season. You all know me. I'm an MJ guy, and I was not a Michael Jordan fan when he was at his peak in the 90s, but I appreciate his greatness. For me, he's number one all time. But LeBron James, as he approaches 40, just keeps getting better and better. It's crazy. The Patroons head coach, though, first. And next on Honorado and Miller.
1: It's never too early to plan your family's next summer getaway. And a visit to Alpenhouse during our preseason sales event is your ticket to creating unforgettable memories in the great outdoors. Jumpstart your camping season with an exceptional deal on a Coachman Catalina, all yours for only $153 a month. Or save thousands on this Thor Class B motorhome, crafted for spontaneous getaways and family retreats. Imagine all the cozy evenings and stories you'll share. Visit Alpenhouse during our preseason sales event and get a head start on your camping season. Alpenhouse RV, your total camping outfitter, and now, back to Honorado and Miller, sponsored by Alpenhaus. House.
0: Chris Honorado, and I'm joined by the coach of the Patroons, a legend of this franchise, Derek Rowland, with us here ahead of the season opener. Uh, opening weekend for you guys, coach, March 1st and 2nd at home at the Armory. I, I, the blood must just get pumping every time this rolls around, right?
3: Well, oh, my blood's been pumping for a while, man. You know, just getting back on the court. You know, after last season, I thought we came up a little short. And, you know, it's sports, and that's the way it goes. But uh, I'm really anticipating us taking the floor again and and uh, putting together uh, another great season.
0: And yeah, not, not that far removed from a championship. What makes this roster? You've got a, a, a number of guys returning, but, but honestly a good group of new guys to this squad too. What makes this one maybe championship worthy from what you've seen so far?
3: Well, you know, we have six returning players and all of them were big contributors to us last year. We lost a couple of key guys, but we brought in some really guys, some guys that I think is going to really make a difference for us here. Uh, so uh, I'm excited. You know, we're, we're one through 12. You know, we're solid up front. we got great guards. we got big bodies in the paint. And uh, now all we have to do is put it all together. We have the pieces and we just got to put it together and make it work
0: are you do you anticipate playing everybody early until you figure out rotations and minutes or do you already have an idea come out of training camp that uh, you know where guys fit
3: well i have an idea because again the guys we turned from last year and the new players that we've added i'm very familiar with them yeah. uh so uh you know we're jockeying for position right now you know mm-hmm. i mean i don't know who the starting lineup is going to be i have an idea um and we know if whoever starts this weekend could be a different lineup next weekend so everything is kind of contingent among what have you done lately. And uh, that, I'm trying to base it on that and keep a competitive spirit with the Patrons. Uh, I'm going to
0: pop you up full screen here. Explain to me, Coach, what it is about this franchise that for people watching, screen right, you dunking the ball, screen left, you coaching this team. <laughs> what is it that has you so rooted and invested in this franchise?
3: Well, there was a lot of years in between me dunking <laughs> it today, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's just the history of it. You know, uh, back when I played Phil Jackson, uh, George Carl, Bill Musselman, some of the greatest coaches of all time. I think Phil Jackson has 11 NBA rings and yep. George Carl, North Carolina, you know, he, he's Seattle Supersonics. Bill Musselman has been one of the best of the best. Uh, so, you know, for us, we've had a lot of success and a lot of players have came through here uh, to get to the NBA from a playing perspective and a coaching perspective. Mm-hmm. We're the most historic Uh, Franchise, I think of anyone Uh, we've had the most success of anyone and we've created more NBA talent than anyone. So a lot comes with that. That's very appealing. When I recruit players, Um, the fans have a lot to look forward to, you know, for me as a coach, I I don't reinvent the wheel. You know, I I, I take a little bit of all those coaches and add it into what I do. And I've had a pretty good amount of success doing it that way. You know, and, and it's just intriguing, you know, um, it's a tough place to play. It's not easy to be an Albany Patroon just because of the competition and the, and the number of guys that I have that would like to play here. So um, competition goes every day and we just have to keep producing and producing until we hit uh, our stride and hopefully we can uh, bring a championship back.
0: At least a couple of the guys on the roster in terms of returning players are local guys, the 518 hoop fans will know really well. One you know really, really yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Derek Rowland Jr. And then of course Jamil Hood. Mm-hmm. Uh what do these guys bring to the squad,
3: Coach? Oh, uh, they bring uh a lot. You know, they're both uh, uh community guys, fan favorites. They Trevor Whites also lives here during the summer. Yeah, right. So these guys are in the community all summer in the gym working with kids. Uh we've had a lot of events that we've attended uh over the course of the summer and the fall. And uh they just bring a lot. They both know um what I'm looking for they both know my all of them know my system and they know um what it takes uh you know my son and I you know it's my son and we've been going through this process since he was a baby um preparing him for this day you know just getting him ready so he he has a very good feel for what I like and how to do uh, the, the things I like
0: be honest did his sisters used to beat up on him a little bit out in the park
3: uh, well his sisters were some really really good basketball players and you know, until he, Grew into his own shoes and was able to uh, uh, do it himself. Oh uh, yeah, they they kind of took him out there and took him to school a little bit. You know, uh, we'd have shootouts for Thanksgiving. You know, they'd come home from college and we'd all go to the gym. and And I was the best shooter in the family for a long time. And then uh, I think my oldest daughter beat me one day, and that I lost the title. And but they were the happiest group of kids you ever seen because somebody beat dad. But you know, being uh, having a basketball family with five children playing basketball in college and getting full scholarships is a is a great thing you know um we keeps us connected we have a lot to talk about and it's a fun uh, conversation around dinner table um on what happened in the day and who did what and just talking about each other's play on the court you know they they were always tough on each other you know and then i'm tough on everybody so um it was a good uh, it was a great thing for us
0: were you guys tuned into as a family with both male and female basketball players were you guys tuned into that Steph Curry, Sabrina, Yanescu, three-point
3: shootout. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yes. We, we watch all that kind of stuff, and you know, everybody has their opinion on who's the best and what should be done, and, you know, so it's 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 a lot that, that goes around the table, and they all know basketball. They all played basketball since the time they were babies all the way through high school and college, and even professional. My daughters, two of my daughters and my son went over to Europe for a little while, and, uh, so basketball is in the blood you know i i use my basketball philosophies in raising my children you know a lot of things going to the same hard work respect um, um um just just doing all the right stuff and, and sacrifice discipline and, and, and working within a group you know all those qualities will benefit you as a person and also definitely on um, being a part of a basketball team so everything was kind of it worked out well for us i love that man
0: uh jamestown to start the season on friday night march 1st connecticut the night after that at the washington avenue Armory. you can get season tickets full season tickets for as low as 99 bucks to check out this team albanypatroonsbasketball.com best way to do that coach i know you're gonna say it's, it takes a balance of of both but if i pinned you down to choose one how does this team end up winning and having sustained success is it by scoring Or is is defense going to be the benchmark?
3: Well, defense, uh, for me, as a defensive player, that's how I made my mark to get a chance to get shots in the game. You know, you have to – defense will keep you on the floor. Like some guys develop defensively faster than offensively. I think it's a lot easier job to play defense than it is to score at this level. Uh, But, you know, we have a a balance, you know. Um, I, I always tell my players defense travels. You know, um, wherever you go, if you play solid defense, it's gonna, you know, you can even have a bad shooting night. If you if you go on a defensive end, you're gonna still be in the game and have a chance to win it. So um it's a balance obviously you gotta score. You know, we've set a couple scoring records last season. Um and uh you know, but everybody here can score and now everybody here has to play defense. You know, players gain their repetition through how many points they score in high school, college and in the pros. That's that's where you get your uh, uh reputation from but um, you know, here you, you got to be able to do both uh, to be a solid player for me.
0: What does the home crowd do for this team? It's such a historic building, obviously. People are so nostalgic about it and connected to it. Um, when you pack that place, why is it different in that gym than it is maybe some of the other places you play in this league?
3: Well, like I said, you know, players, players, we get everybody's best game, you know, unfortunately, you know, everybody wants to beat the Patroons. Because of our history and all the stuff that we've done in this arena is just a motivation you no know, place you know to come in and see the banners and all the trophies and and all the pictures and all the history in this building you know it's a motivating factor and when, when we take the floor myself and the players um it's it, it, the crowd is everything you know it's electric you know when, you know we play for our fans you know and we play for each other we play for our fans we play for the city So um, when we get that kind of support, man, it's a really special event going on here at the Armory.
0: On Twitter, X, at Patroons Albany, and the website, again, albanypatroonsbasketball.com. Season tickets for as low as 99 bucks. You can certainly walk up to the box office and get your tickets as well. Opener Friday, March 1st. Second game right after that, March 2nd, Jamestown and Connecticut for this Albany Patroon squad. Only a few years removed from a TBL title back on the path to another one. Coach, thanks for hanging out with us here and, cool. and doing this. Good luck this season. I, I don't even have to tell you to enjoy it because I know you will.
3: Yeah, yeah, we, we've already started having fun. You know, um, we got a good group of guys and you know, you can come Friday night, you can pick up your, your rally towels, you know, come and make some noise. We got yeah. schedules, you know, we got pins. You know, we got everything. We want this to be a special year. You know, last year, it was just great. We had some nice wind streaks. We had good fan support, sponsorship support. But this year, we just wanna take everything up a couple of notches. And um, we're certainly looking forward to doing that uh, as a team here with the Patriots.
0: I love that. Coach, good luck, man. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Teams.
1: Athletes. Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose. Claim your crown.
0: Here we go. Still the uh, Marcella's MVP of the month to give away on this week's show. But I've been teasing it all, all show and I want I want to give him his due. Before we do that though, let's talk about this. Steve Kerr, Whew. coming off Derek Rowan, the Albany Patroons head coach, uh, a franchise that saw Phil Jackson and George Carl and Bill Musselman. Steve Kerr at the NBA level gets the richest contract in coaching history per annuum. $35 million a year. I'm sorry. 17 and a half million a year. It's a two-year contract, 35. Ooh, 17 and a half is impressive enough. And th- what this shows us is that this Golden State franchise is in a period of transition. It has not completely flipped the page from the Curry, Clay, Dre era. Curry and Dre, yay. Clay, nay. Um... But Steve Kerr will be the guy going forward for this franchise, which I think is interesting that the Warriors, and maybe even Kerr, they don't feel like, hey, Steve Kerr's timeline is only in step with Steph Curry being an elite-level player. I think Golden State says, Steve, we want you here to usher in the next era, the Kamingas, Pajimskis those guys. Now, Curry, Curry still has some some time left, but he's 35. So how much time left? He's not going to be LeBron James at 39 years old. It's just not going to happen. And Clay won't be in Golden State next year. So it, it is, it's going to happen quickly. It's going to happen quickly, but Steve Kerr will be there for at least another two. I, I hope beyond that. I think he's terrific for the, I think he's a great head coach. I think he's terrific for the game. He gives thoughtful interviews, puts some energy and time and effort into the answers, and smart guy. So I hope he's around for a long time. This guy's been around forever, it feels like. And I think he's getting better. I've seen a good amount of Lakers basketball this year. And LeBron, he had a dunk a few nights ago. He was like just inside the free throw line when he took off. And i thought this guy at 39 it's incredible and what he did against the clippers just a night ago was to lead the largest comeback fourth quarter comeback in his career they were down 21 points to the clippers who oh by the way are playing some of the best basketball in the nba this season Kawhi and harden has had a rebirth paul george is banged up but This is a really good Clippers team that people kind of like as a sneaky pick out of the West. So LeBron outscored the Clippers in this fourth quarter, 19 to 16. Statistically, he's having another great year. 25, seven rebounds, eight assists. They're the nine seed, so they're not a great team. But they did win the in-season tournament. Perhaps they are just built to win important games. And if Anthony Davis is healthy, this team is very, very dangerous. LeBron is also shooting a career best from the three point line, almost 41%. What can't the guy do? What isn't the guy doing? What hasn't he done? Nothing, nothing and nothing. He can do anything on the court. Even at his advanced age, the oldest guy in the NBA.
1: It's time for the MVP of the month, sponsored by Marcella's Appliance Center.
0: Johnny Marcella and Nick Madalone are great people at Marcella's Appliance Center, Schenectady, Clifton Park. The locations and our appliances in the Honorado household are from Marcella's. The MVP is Boo Booey, broke. Northwestern's all-time scoring record, Troy High guy, former News Channel 13 Athlete of the Week, brother of Taylor Battle, basketball family, Big Ten legends because of what they were able to accomplish at Penn State and now Northwestern for Boo on a Northwestern team that uh, certainly could make the NCAA tournament this season thanks for watching honorado and miller everybody have a great weekend